0: On a fall day in 1976, a farmer harvesting corn in rural Benton County, Indiana, found an unusual box in his field. The box, which is theorized to have been dropped by a helicopter, contained the body of a woman dubbed the Box Lady of Benton County. Her identity remains a mystery. You can do your part to help spread awareness for this case by clicking the share button beneath this video. You can even leave a simple comment below so that YouTube can give the case a bit more exposure on their end as well. And while you're down there, feel free to hit that like button and subscribe so you won't miss any of the other cases I'll be covering in the coming weeks. This story was carefully curated by a friend of the channel who goes by the username The Bones of Autumn. You can find her work on Reddit using the link in the description below. On October 8th of 1976, 16-year-old Curtis Skoog was busy mowing the yard at his family's home in rural Benton County, Indiana, when his father, Norman Skoog, passed by on his combine. Shortly after, Norman pulled into his driveway, this time in his pickup truck along with Curtis's grandfather, Everett, who lived nearby. Knowing that something must be wrong, Curtis approached the truck to see a white cardboard box sitting in the bed. Norman had spent the day harvesting his acres of corn along Benton County Road 200 South. Around 5pm, while harvesting in a remote spot, about a mile and a half from the Skoog home, he made a bizarre discovery. A white cardboard box wrapped in tape and rope sat on the ground roughly 9 rows deep in the field, approximately 15 yards off of the gravel road. Norman had nearly ran over the box with his combine. When he got out to investigate the box, he realized it was far too heavy for him to lift alone. He left on his combine to get his father-in-law and his pickup truck. Together, they loaded the box into the bed of the truck and drove to the Skoog home. Curtis was the first to notice the pungent odour of cheap perfume coming from within the box. Using a pocket knife, he sliced open a section of the box to find a broken vial of perfume lying atop something wrapped in layers of plastic. Concerned about what may be inside, Norman phoned the police. A policeman told Curtis to return the vial to the box and wait for a sheriff to arrive. Sheriff Donald Steely arrived at the Skoog home a short time later to inspect the suspicious package. As he began to cut into the thick sheets of heavy plastic and rope, a new foul smell wafted out of the box. Steely decided he should contact the state police before proceeding any further. Indiana State Police arrived and opened the box. Beneath the layers of plastic sheeting and rope, they discovered the body of a woman. The body was taken to the local coroner's office and later an autopsy was performed in Lafayette, Indiana. It was determined that the woman had lost her life after someone fired a single round at the base of her neck, but the round was never located. It's estimated that she lost her life 7-10 to days before being found but it was noted that very little decomposition had occurred. She was found in the fetal position with her knees pressed firmly against her chest. Her body was bound with rope and her hands were tied under her knees. Her head and face were wrapped in white paper toweling, and two small plastic bags had been tied over her head. Her body had been wrapped in several layers of thick plastic, similar to those used as runners to protect carpet. White clothesline-style rope and heavy-duty duct tape had been used to tie the plastic around the body, and it was so tightly bound that it had distorted and bruised the woman's face. The woman was white, approximately 5 feet and 2 inches tall, and weighed around 175 pounds. She was estimated to be around 60 years of age. The woman wore a green two-piece pantsuit that was covered in bodily fluids, but otherwise she was clean. She wore no makeup, shoes, pantyhose or jewelry and had no identification. She had a few distinguishing facial features, including a large bump on the bridge of her nose and what they described as abnormally large ears. It was evident that the woman had undergone several surgeries. She would undergone a radical mastectomy and bore a vertical surgical scar on her midsection, which extended from her sternum to her stomach. It was learned that the box had been manufactured in Illinois. And inside of the box, a small vial of perfume was found, as we mentioned a moment ago, but it had no label on it. The box itself had been sealed with the same tape and rope that was used to bind the woman. Investigators believed the box had been left at the location the same day that it was found. Heavy rains had blanketed the area the previous day into the early morning hours, but the box showed no signs of moisture damage. Police attempted to use fingerprints to identify this unknown woman. However, they never found a match. This led them to the conclusion that she had never been arrested or held a civil service job. A sketch of the woman was released to the public in the hopes of identifying her, however, no one came forward to claim her body. Eventually she was buried in an unmarked grave in Fowler Cemetery. The investigation continued and several people came forward from states as far away as Alabama, believing the unknown woman may be their missing loved one. Unfortunately, she was not a match to any of them. Multiple theories existed, everything from a mob hit to being in the wrong place at the wrong time. However, the most bizarre and seemingly the most accepted theory is that the box was dropped by a helicopter of all things. While the area the box was found in is extremely rural, it's also a tight-knit community of farmers who are outside from sunup to sundown. According to them, they would have noticed someone driving along the gravel road that morning. And while they didn't spot any suspicious cars, they did see a helicopter fly over the field early that morning. According to three separate witness statements, the helicopter approached from the northeast, swung to the southwest, and hovered near the ground for a few seconds where the box was found. A second piece of evidence supporting the helicopter theory is that when police searched the area where the box was found, they discovered an irregular circle of exposed black dirt around the dumping site. During harvest, corn stalks litter the ground covering the soil. The powerful updraft created by a helicopter could cause the stalks to scatter, leaving the ground exposed and leaving a circular imprint like the one they discovered at the scene. In 2019, armed with a search warrant and an order from the Benton County Coroner, a team of forensic experts from the Human Identification Center at the University of Indianapolis sought to find and exhume the woman's body from the Fowler Cemetery in the hopes of finally giving her her name back. Using coroner's reports, funeral home records, and bills submitted in 1976 to cover the $450 it took to bury her body. They succeeded in finding the unmarked grave. The woman's cheap wooden casket had long since deteriorated, leaving only a body bag holding the woman's remains behind. The woman's body was taken to the morgue before being sent to the University of Indianapolis, where her DNA and dental records were submitted for comparisons. However, no matches were found. Residents and local police of the area hope that one day they will be able to find out who the woman was and who took her life. Until then, the identity of the box lady of Benton County will remain a mystery. In reality, who knows how this person managed to gain access to a helicopter, and why they chose this location of all places to dump this woman. Realistically, the person found inside could have come from virtually anywhere in the world, especially if the suspect had access to an aircraft. As it stands, with no new evidence in the investigation, this cold case will most likely remain unsolved. But that's the video for today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button. If you loved it, maybe consider sharing, subscribing, or clicking that blue join button below to really show your support for the channel. But my name is Ty Knott's, and I'll catch you guys in the next video. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived.